I'm reading from the New King James Version. It sounds something like this. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. Say endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and he will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back unto destruction, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Church, you may have your seats at this time. Uh, the one time I determined to use some technology, it seems like if the technology isn't going to work, but... I'm not going to let that deter me this morning. I was preaching without PowerPoint, and I'll preach again without PowerPoint. There we go. So for the remainder of this year, I've, I've determined uh, through, through much prayer and thinking, I've, I've been thinking about preaching through this theme for a while now, but just, I, I just felt constrained by the Holy Spirit for these past few weeks. But I, I feel like the time has come for, for us to at least go through this series. And, and the entire purpose would be for us to canvas through the book of Hebrews chapter 11, particularly to look at some of these great men and women of faith that the Hebrew writer would have shared. And so I'm entitling this series, uh, Walk by Faith, Walk by by faith. And so every message between now and the end of the year will fall under the purview of this particular series, Walk by Faith. And so if, if you would, I just want to share this, this poster with you. Uh, and like I said, hopefully this works. Uh, everybody, some of you may not even know this. Uh, let, me, let me see the hands of the individuals that know this movie. You'll see, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. For those of you who don't, this, this movie, the title is The Terminal, and um, The Terminal is a 2004 American comedy drama film produced and directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Tom's Hank, uh, Tom Hanks, Catherine Zeta-Jones, for example. The film is about an Eastern European man who is stuck in New York's JFK Airport Terminal where he is denied entry to the United States, and at the same time, he is unable to return to his native country because of a military coup. The film, in fact, was inspired by the true story of the 18-year stay of uh, a man by the name of Meran uh, Nasiri in Terminal 1 of uh, Paris Charles de Gaulle Airport. Uh, of course, that's in France. Uh, he, he made his entry in 1988, and he stayed in that terminal until 2006. In 1988, Nasiri flew from Brussels to London via Paris. However, he was sent back to Paris because he lost his refugee passport. Nasiri lived in the transit area of Terminal 1 at Charles de Gaulle Airport until 2006, after France denied him entry. The two-hour-long movie takes the viewer on an emotional and inspiring journey as it navigates feelings of despair to share delight and joy. 
the audience joins with the character Tom Hanks, uh, uh, Victor, that's his character, and ultimately finds something unnervingly familiar about the plot. Not only is the character running away from a life that had no hope and no future, but, but now he is forced to live in a space where seemingly there is nowhere forward while there is no option in his mind to return. There is a place that he is pushing to. There is a place that promises better. There is a destination in mind that, that only a few, that's only a few feet away, but he has to wait. He has to wait to get a call. He has to wait to get authorization. For Nasiri, that call took 18 years, but between the place he came from and the destination he was trying to get to, there was only this space or this terminal. This was the liminal space. This was where he had to learn to wait. This was where he had to learn to navigate. This was where he had to live for a period of time. So what I want to do on this morning is I want to share from the topic or from this vantage point, living in the liminal space. Living in the liminal space. This brings us directly into our text in the, verse, in the book of Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse number 25. The, the Hebrew writer has laid a strong case uh, to the superiority of the new covenant of Christ over the old covenant according to Moses. But now as he transitions from his main argument, he begins to speak to the people that cannot really go back to what they left, even though many of them did, but were living in anticipation of something better that had been promised. The author, the, the writer, wants his audience to know there is no going back. He, he wants the audience to know there is only progressing forward. He, he wants them to know that the coming king is a faithful one. He wants them to hold on. He wants them to hold firm. He wants them to keep the faith. And he needs them not to let go of their confidence. So as he transitions from showing the superiority uh, of the covenant in Christ, he is encouraging these believers of how they ought to live in this liminal space. And, and so in verse number 35, he would say, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Do, do not cast away your assurance. Do not cast away uh, 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 your faith, which has great reward in time to come. These were people who were persecuted because of their profession of their faith, but he says to them, do not cast it away. They were ridiculed for the life they had chosen to live, but he encourages them, do not cast it away. They were growing in doubts and they were growing in fears because of the pressing of, of life and the pressing of persecution, but he encourages them, do not cast away your confidence. 
What are you trying to say, uh, Brother Morgan? What are you trying to say, Hebrew writer? I, I'm, I'm trying to share some, not only information, but I'm trying to share some insight as to what we need in order to live in a liminal space. Let me define a liminal space really quickly, and hopefully you could be where I need you to be. Uh, a liminal space refers to the place a person is in during a transitional period. It's a gap and uh, can be physical, emotional, or even metaphorical. Liminal is from the, the Latin word limin, which means threshold. Let me repeat that one more time. Liminal is from the Latin word limin, which means threshold. A liminal space, therefore, is the time between what was and what's next. It's a place of transition and not the final destination point. And, and so we're talking about the fact that you and I, all of us are in fact, in a liminal space, we, uh, we, we can look at it physically, we can look at it emotionally, we can look at it metaphorically, uh, certainly we can look at it spiritually, we, 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 we have left something and we're moving towards something else, but in this space, before we have received the promise, we still have to limb, live in this liminal space, it's a place of transition, say transition. Come on, say transition one more time. But it's not the final destination. And as the Hebrew writer is encouraging, as he is, he, he, he is preaching even, he's a preacher by, by the way, as he is preaching to these, the, the, these individuals, he wants them to know that you still have to live in this space. But in order to live in this space, you need some insight and some information. Uh, what do you need to live? What do you need to know to live in the liminal space? There are two things that the author shares with us really quickly within the confines of chapters 10 through chapter number 12. There are two things, all right? He says, number one, we need to cultivate something called endurance. We need to learn how to navigate and sustain, be sustained under pressure. Could, could I share this with you? Endurance doesn't come into effect unless there is a pressure that is placed on an individual. Endurance is of no help if we are talking about something that is limited in time in terms of a short space of time. Endurance comes into effect when we're talking about the long haul. So he is, he is saying, number one, in order for us to be able to live in the liminal space, we need to cultivate, not just learn about, cultivate. Say cultivate. Because we can learn about patience, we can learn about endurance and never have it. We need to learn to cultivate endurance. He says it's important for us to be able to navigate this space. It's important for us to navigate this threshold. It's important for us to be able to live in this space only by cultivating endurance. Here is what he says in verse number 36 of chapter number 10 of the book of Hebrews. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. 
You've, you've left where you were and God took you from the clutches of sin and he is taking you to a place that he promised. You remember when Jesus was leaving this earth, he said, I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, Jesus is speaking, there you would be also. But before you could receive the promise, you need endurance to walk. You need endurance to stay. You need endurance to maintain the faith that you and I profess in Jesus Christ. But not only do we need to cultivate endurance, but we have to keep looking beyond. Say, look beyond. Come on, say, look beyond. We, we, we have to be able to look beyond the liminal space. Watch it. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, reading at verse number 1 and 2, you know this text. Therefore we also, since we have been surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look at it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So not only do we need to cultivate endurance in the liminal space, but, but here it is, we have to learn as well to keep looking beyond where we are towards Jesus, our Lord. We need to be looking beyond where we are towards the promise. We need to be looking beyond where we are to where we know God is really taking us. So we need to be able to cultivate a vision that doesn't focus here. But we need to cultivate a vision that focuses on there. Hmm. That was a good place to say amen. That, 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 that was really, that, and that's not me trying to prod you. I'm, I'm just trying to, that, that, that's really a good place because, because here, here is what we, we need to have the type of sight that says we could live in the now. And we have to be present in the now. But our focus is ever on that which is next. Because the now could be difficult. The now could be trying. The now brings tribulation and distress. In this now space, the liminal space that we are in, there are tears. In this now space, there is a brokenheartedness. In this now space, there is weakness. There is frailty. There is death. But the next that is to come, there is no tears in heaven. I wish I had somebody to say amen. And the next that is to come, there is no brokenheartedness. There is no more pain. There is no more sorrow. That doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not present in the moment, but my focus is not in the liminal space. My focus is in heaven. So he says we need to cultivate. You guys with me say cultivate. I'm almost done, believe it or not. We need to cultivate endurance. But while we're cultivating the endurance, we need to have a focus that looks beyond where we're at and looks straight to Jesus Christ. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Why is it so important for us to look beyond the liminal space? Because if we stay in the liminal space for too long, there is a danger that we could get stuck. Let me show you what I mean. Because for most of us that have seen the movie, we know that at the end of the movie, and of course, even from the, 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 the inspirational story standpoint, Nasiri was able to make it out at some point in 2006 from the terminal. 
But when he made it out the terminal, he spent some time in the hospital. And then uh, he was bouncing around a couple places in some shelters. And then back in 2022, in September of 2022, yes, that was last year. In September of 2022, don't ask me what led him back there, but he determined, even though he was outside of the airport, even though he was outside of the terminal, he determined that he was going to go back into the terminal. Sometimes you could live so long in the liminal space. If your focus goes from there to here, then all of a sudden we run the risk. That's the danger. We run the risk of being stuck in this place. Stuck in pain. Stuck in agony. Stuck in frustration. Stuck in anxiety. Stuck, stuck, stuck. You name it. Stuck in worldliness. Stuck in sin. If we dwell in this liminal place for too long without Endurance and without proper focus, we run the risk of being stuck. Nasiri made his way back into the terminal, back into the airport, and after a few weeks of being in there, he suffered a massive heart attack and died about a month after. Church, I, I want us to understand that the Hebrew writer understands from a physical, experiential standpoint. But he also understands from a place being led by the Holy Spirit that when we dwell in a space for an extended period of time, we run the risk of adopting the mindset, the mentality, and the culture of that space. So what he does is he outlines, I told you chapter 10 is a transitional text. What he does in chapter 10 and straight through chapter number 12 is he places strategically five let us's to help us know what we need to be doing while we're navigating the liminal space that we are in. You ready for this? I'm just going to give you this and these and we'll be done. Look at, look at what the Hebrew writer encourages us that we need to be doing in order for us not to be stuck in the liminal space. Number one, preach this with me. Say, hold tight. I promise you, if you preach this with me wholeheartedly, we will be done. Say, hold tight. Now look to somebody next to you and, and tell them, hold tight. Here is what he says, let us hold tightly without wavering the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promises. That's Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 23. Here is what he says, motivate each other. Say motivate. Come on, look to the person next to you, say motivate. Here is what he says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. That's verse number 24. Here is what he says, assemble. Look to the person next to you and say assemble. No, no, I've, I've, you guys, the energy went down on that one. If you didn't want to say it to somebody else, put your hand on your own chest and say assemble. Here is what he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. Let us not neglect the meeting of us coming together. But then he transitions into chapter number 12. And, uh, and we're going to deal with chapter 11 and following from next week onward. But he transitions into chapter number 12, a passage we normally go to as a concluding thought. Many have preached from, from Hebrews chapter number 12, verses 1 and 2. But I want us to see this is the continuation of some let us's that the Hebrew writer started in chapter 10. And he's going to bring about and conclude somewhat in chapter number 12. Now let me share this with you before I share these last two let us's. The concept of let us 
comes as a result, or he says, is a response to everything that God would have done prior. So what he does prior to saying, let us, he gives a clear description of everything that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ the Holy Spirit, and God the Father would have done for each and every single one of us. So he, he, he woke us up this morning. He, he took us from sin. He, he took on the blame. He took on the shame. He took on the sacrifice. He did all that for me. And as a result of what he did, here's what the Hebrew writer says, let us. You see how that works? So because he did, we could. Because he did, we should. So he says, because he has done, let us. So he says, number one, let us hold tight. Let us motivate each other. Let us assemble. You ready for the last two? Look at what he says. Say, strip off. Strip off. He says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily ensnares or trips us up. I don't know what's, what, what sin you struggle with that comes so easily to you, but he's saying strip that off because that sin is gonna keep you stuck in a liminal space. This liminal space is supposed to be for a time. You're not supposed to live in transition. You're not supposed to live in the terminal. You're not supposed to live in this liminal space. It's only there for a time and it's only there for a purpose. We need to strip off something. Say strip off. You ever come home from work all sweaty and dirty and flustered and before you even get to the dinner table. What do you have to do? You got to strip that off. Let me go take a shower. Let me feel good so I could sit down and eat. I'm telling you the only way that we could get right. And I, I know we've preached about grace for weeks at end and I know it's by grace we are saved. I know that. But there comes a point for the child, for the man and the woman of God, there comes a point where we have to take some responsibility for holy living. So God will do what he has to do and God will do what only he can do. But there comes a point where we have to strip some things off. I can strip it for you and you can strip it for me. Even God can strip that for us, but he would help us strip it off, strip off. And then finally, say run. Come on, say it like you mean it, say run. Say run one more time. You see, and let us run with endurance. The race that is before us. Watch it, looking unto Jesus. So as I'm looking onto Jesus, I'm living in the moment, and in the moment, there might be persecution. In the moment, there might be pain. Watch it. In the moment, there might be suffering. In the moment, there might be doubt. Anybody ever doubted themselves here before you? You didn't think you were smart enough. You didn't think you were strong enough. You didn't think you were good looking enough. You doubt yourself all the time. There is doubt and there is fear here. But where, where our focus is not here, our focus is on looking unto Jesus. If we are looking unto Jesus, we will hold tight. If we are looking unto Jesus, we will take encouragement and we'll motivate each other. If we're looking unto Jesus, we will assemble. I heard somebody said, when you assemble, you resemble, right? If we're looking unto Jesus, we will strip off where we need to strip off. And if we're looking unto Jesus' church, we will run. I, I, I love that. Because I hear Isaiah say, you will run and not grow weary. You, you, you'll fight and you'll 
you will not fall if you're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. So as we live in the liminal space, I'm done, I want you to stand with me as we live in the liminal space. I just want us to know that we, this is not the final destination. But I need first to appreciate two things. Number one, we need to cultivate some endurance. And number two, we need to look beyond the space. And I believe once we do that, God will give us and continue to supply everything that we need so that we could operate and we could navigate the trials, the difficulty, the uncertainty, the pain, and everything imaginable that the devil can throw at us because our focus is not going to be here, but rather our focus is going to be on him.